0: This week on Thinking Biblically, I'm going to do a bit of a personal catch-up and uh, then tie up some loose ends from our previous two episodes where we talked about education. Welcome to Thinking Biblically. My name is Alan Gilman. Thinking Biblically is a podcast dedicated to exploring how all Scripture speaks to all of life. Today is Tuesday, September the sixth, two thousand twenty-two. I hope this will be up and available by tomorrow, Wednesday. Um, this is going to be the first thinking biblically since about three weeks, and it's been quite a th- quite a three weeks for for me and my family. Are you many of you know, um, or if you don't know, you're going to find out now that uh, my wife and I we've been married uh, for uh, over forty-two years, and uh, we have ten kids and uh, our ninth born which is our sixth of six daughters uh was married last week it was quite a wonderful uh, quite a wonderful day wonderful event and most of our our children uh some of whom uh haven't been living uh in town f- uh, for a while everyone but one was was here and there's of course lots of commotion with over the past few weeks the comings and goings and then, and then uh by Yesterday, by yesterday, which was Labor Day here uh, where we live, uh, holiday Monday, um, we officially have became a household of three for the first time in forty years. That's when our second born was born forty years ago almost, and so it's quite a transition to to see um, our household shrink, um, and it. It really feels like it happened all of a sudden. Uh, One of the events that we had as a family was on Saturday, we got together for a time of of worship and prayer. That's something that used to be part of our lives on our our regular basis, but we hadn't done so in in a very long time. And uh, while I was leading some songs, and then and then prayed for our our family, um, I realized um, that doing this on the 46th anniversary of my coming to know the Lord it was September the 3rd 1976 uh, that uh, had quite a surprise um, uh, my my story is available I'll, I'll make sure I, I leave the link to that um, but to see you know, not all not everyone in the family was there but a, a good representation of the family was and to realize all the things that God has done through all these years. It's so wonderfully overwhelming. Uh, Challenges galore. Uh, but that God would take two Jewish teenagers uh, who grew up in Montreal and who each in our own way uh, were going in a very different direction from what was going to happen to us. You know, God brought us to himself and to each other and has blessed us in, in extraordinary, extraordinary ways. And, and now here we are in another season of, of life and appreciate your prayers as we seek the Lord as to what he is calling us to do at this time. Uh, as uh, many know, I was a uh, halftime pastor for about three and a half years, and that ended at the end of April. Uh, we've homeschooled our our children from the beginning, and uh, my wife has done the bulk of the actual hands-on homeschooling, and that came an, to an end for her. Uh, uh, also, around the time when I ended my time as as pastor of, of this church in Ottawa, Um and so she completed 36 years of homeschooling, um, and so here we are. As I said, we're in a very different season. I am entering my eighth year as, uh, as the Bible teacher at St. Timothy's Classical Academy, where I teach Bible to grades 5 through 8. Uh, I've had the privilege of developing and redeveloping that course as we've gone along, and it's hard to believe that it's now going into, into year 8 and I'm really grateful that I've been able to provide these thinking biblically podcasts, video podcasts, uh, since uh, a year ago, June. Uh, about it's been over a year, and uh, pray that God continues to guide me in this. Uh, you, many are aware that I also do something called torabites Now it's called a blog, but when I started torabites in November of 1995, November 95, I've been doing it for almost 25 years, every week, and. I do repeats from time to time reposting sometimes those are revised often they are um, I never just just repost I do read it over make sure it's relevant make sure it's as correct as possible um, but uh, through the years most of them have been unique. Uh, so almost every week I've I've posted a a thought for the week based on the books of Moses sometimes from the the uh, portion from the prophets that it's associated with that particular, a portion from the books of Moses, but most of the time I comment on the books of Moses, and I'm still doing that. If you don't receive that yet, um, and also if you don't receive the announcements about uh, about these podcasts, uh, you can go to thinkingbiblically.org, and you sub- can subscribe to my newsletter, and you'll you'll get these announcements. You'll get uh, Torah bytes by email, uh, and uh, any other announcements I might have about my ministry. And so um, p- please feel free to do that. And along with that too, um, I'm really grateful for the people who have been supporting me, several monthly donors uh, through the years, and especially with these changes of, of having that halftime pastoral position and now moving out of that and now exploring ways that uh, I could provide a holistic, hopefully engaging biblical teaching to as many people as possible, uh, I appreciate your support. So when you go to the thinkingbiblically.org uh, uh, page, uh, which is all part of my Alan Gilman um, Bible Teacher uh, Ministry website, uh, there's information there on how you can support this podcast and, and the other things that I'm doing. And I'm grateful for my affiliation with the organization ACCI, by which I'm able to, I don't give them, but by which donors are able to receive Tax deductible receipts both in the United States and here in Canada. Um, if you have any questions about this or anything else, of course, you could always email me at comments at thinkingbiblically.org. Also, please don't forget to subscribe, to like, to review, and to share this podcast. And if you're, however, you're uh, either watching this or listening to it, it's available both on video on YouTube as well as through major audio podcast providers. And if your favorite podcast provider is not yet providing Thinking Biblically, let me know and I'll make sure that they do. Uh, All right. So um, the past two episodes have been focused on education. And and before, you know, you might tune out because you don't have children. This is a, a, education is a bigger topic than just about teaching our children. Um, of course, our children are very important, but not only should we be concerned about the topic of education, well, I just say it this way, that we should be concerned about the topic of education because if we are followers of our Messiah, one of the terms used in the scriptures for a follower of the Messiah is the, Messiah is the word disciple, and a way to understand disciple is simply student somebody who is under the ongoing discipline of the teacher, Yeshua, the Messiah. And so we should be lifelong learners. So how we look at education, and I, actually, I think this is one of the problems right here. This is one of the problems right here. Because when we think of education, we think of the things that many of us, most of us learned in school. And most of us went to state-run, government-run, public schools, type schools um and um in for i'm actually turning 65 tomorrow i was debating whether to tell you or not is that okay so uh tomorrow which is when this is probably going to be um uh released that's September the seventh is my birthday, um, and if you're about Facebook friend already, you all you know that. Um, but uh, it's one of the things I got every year. Every year for my birthday, where I grew up, and in still some parts today, it's the it's the beginning of school. I got school for my birthday, and this year at Saint Timothy's, I'm teaching on Wednesdays, and so I'm getting the beginning of school right on my birthday this year. Um, and uh, do I resent that? Hmm. Uh, Let's let's not psychoanalyze me right now. Okay? So let, let's move on. So oh, when we think of education, most of us think about school. But education is more than what we learn at school but when we think about education we think about school and we think about school subjects um and uh, we think about a way of approaching those subjects and the way they uh the different subjects over the different years and and this sort of thing and then uh, then we talk about eventually leaving school and for a lot of people that's leaving education and that is a tragedy because we need to keep on learning and especially if we are students of the Messiah, then we're going through an ongoing educational program. And I know that's my heart. When I when I open up the Bible each day, and, and often I do it on my computer, so I'm not really opening the Bible, but you know what I mean. I try to put my place as a, as a learner. I'm hopefully willing to... Uh, be open to whatever the Lord wants to teach me. And that might be undoing a lot of things that I had been assuming up to that moment and ready to receive a new perspective on something or completely new information, And which is amazing. one of the things about the Bible and the way that it's written and the genius of God's inspiration is because it's so deep, it's so thick, it's so complex. We could be studying in our entire lives and I've been doing so for 46 years just about. I started reading it about two weeks after I came to believe, but let's not get distracted by that. Um, so what I've been doing is, um, uh, in even though I've been reading the Bible over and over again through all these years, it's amazing the things that I'm still discovering. Now, how much of that is because I, maybe I'm missing things? That's very possible. But there's also, God speaks to us it, in different ways as we mature in him and as our knowledge grows in him sometimes we're not ready to learn certain things till a certain time but that's true in all of my life not just reading the bible so education should be something that we're doing all the time we should always be growing in our understanding of god's word of life of living and so on um it's one of the things like, so I, teach, I teach this Bible class and I want to make sure even these young kids, you know, grades five through eight, that they're not getting the impression that we're learning Bible today. And so here's Genesis one, Genesis two, you know, Romans one, Romans two. And then after the, you know, Mr. Bible teacher teaches them the information, if they could only memorize it and keep it in their minds for the rest of their lives, then they're good. They know what the Bible says. No, 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 no. Bible and life don't work that way. In fact it's one of the interesting things about the whole science we're going to talk about science in a little bit and its place in education Um, and one of the things that has kind of been rammed down our throat uh, over the past couple of years with covid is um, this thing follow the science right but if you actually delve into what science is all about that too is is at least theoretically infinite there's, there's always more to learn, more perspective, more nuance in what we're discovering even in the natural world. Never mind the natural world's relationship to the creator who created that natural world. Um, but there's no time about, there's nothing in life where we know it and that's it. Uh, you know, you could learn how to cook, uh, you could learn how to uh, bake a cake. And I, I hope I'm getting this right. But if you end up moving to a, uh, a town that's in a, a different altitude by a lot, all of a sudden, cooking temperatures change. If, if I've got this, that wrong, uh, let me know. And if that illustration is not right, then there's probably a better one. But things change. Our environments change. Times change. We get older. We learn new things. And once we learn new things, that affects other things. And And anyway, I think you get the point. Education should be a lifelong thing. It's not something that we just do in school, and then when we graduate, graduate, oh, I'm done. I don't have to do that again. Or maybe you don't have to do that exact thing again. Maybe you will not read that kind of book again. But hopefully, with especially the things that are valuable, we will continue to grow in our learning. And so, education is not just a topic about educating our children, though that is core to the topic, and it's one of the things that I want to address. But and how I share this, this is not just for parents with kids, and and how parents should approach the education of their children. It's also about adults continuing to learn, as well as, and you know, this one's a bit sensitive, and that is. Our relationship to other people with regard to education because we are our brother's keeper and if we're in especially if we're in a community of of fellow believers who um, value the scriptures none of us is an island unto ourselves and so I need your input, and hopefully you need my input, and we should be speaking one to another. And while your children are, are primarily y- your responsibility, I know some people think, oh, what you do with your children, that's your business, and That is true to some extent, but at the same time, as brothers and sisters together, um, and especially the older ones and to the younger ones, or even when the younger ones are seeing that a brother or sister is is having issues and maybe not living an authentic biblical life with uh, with regard to certain things like education, we need to speak into each other's lives. We need to be giving each other people access to our lives allowing them to speak in as well as in a in a healthy community and this kind of communities that we should be building um the adults should be role models to all the children and in a sense um channels of education in a sense not to mention ways that various ones within our community can contribute to the the educational growth of the of the younger ones in um in in the situations that we're in. And so we need to be in this together more. And so what I'm sharing today is for everyone. And so what I'd like to do in discovering what a, a biblical perspective of education is and to provide a biblical foundation, I want to start with Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four through nine. This has been mentioned uh, previously, but this is one of the things I just want to clarify. So, this is Moses speaking. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Parents are responsible for teaching God's Word to their children. And that's both father and mother. And if that's not abundantly clear from this passage, we read in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. And I don't want to get sidetracked by this, but there is a misnomer that that the, uh, the place of men and the relationship of the place of men to women was a particular way in biblical times. And I actually don't believe it is the way some people think it was. Did I say that correctly? Um, but I, I think you know what I mean. So, you know, there's this idea. Father is the sole kind of ruler and possessor of the family. The father's it's his duty, absolutely and an exclusive duty, to teach his his children. And yet, in Proverbs, we read, "Hear, my son, your father's instruction; to forsake not your mother's teaching." And so we see here that. Fathers and mothers are equally responsible uh, to instruct their children. Interestingly, before I continue some of the things that we see here in this uh, short passage from Deuteronomy 6, uh, an interesting comment on grandparents. And from Deuteronomy 4, verse 9, we read, only take care and keep your soul diligently lest you forget the things your eyes have seen and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. So grandparents have a responsibility to their grandchildren to instruct them in the ways of God. And when I, I think about this, I and I Bit of a sense I have of what family and community life was like in these ancient times. We see more of a of a community relationship to the children. I know there's this this idea it takes a, it takes a village to raise a child, and, and there's issues about that. Uh, but uh, especially since it's very clearly understood that the primary responsibility of the education of children rests with the parents. And then we see this in Deuteronomy 4, a a sense of responsibility on the the more elders of the community to make sure that the ways of God are taught to to the young ones that should still have a place in their lives. Uh, And... um, and so anyway, I'm going to leave it at that. But going back to some of what we read in, in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9, when we think of um, you should teach what the words that God commands the people, you shall teach them diligently to your children. Uh, often when we think about this, this sounds like religious training, training about God, theological education, this sort of thing. But um, when you actually read the whole Bible, you see that all of life is addressed. That's one of my reasons why I'm doing thinking biblically, and as I started with, that I believe that all of Scripture speaks to all of life. It addresses work. It addresses agriculture. It addresses business. It addresses how we uh, develop our communities. It it, it addresses sanitation. It, it 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 addresses politics. It addresses military. It addresses. All sorts of things. It's not simply a book of, 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 of morality and um and a disconnected spirituality. Biblical spirituality is a holistic thing that has to do with all of life. So um, when God commands his people to instruct their children in his ways, he isn't telling parents to teach their children all about life from God's perspective. And God, when we talk about God's perspective, we're not talking about God's opinion on life, because what we have in the Scripture is God revealing to us the reality of life, the, the, the real truth, the real way that life is to be lived, the real way that life works, and in all of its intricacies. Now, the Bible doesn't contain everything to know about everything, but it provides the basis upon which to know everything. And so whatever details we begin to teach our children about maybe some specifics, especially when it comes time to to help them discover what they should be doing as adults, how they should be contributing to community, family life, society, that sort of thing, um, some of those details, that all needs to be built on a very strong foundation of God's ways. And when we do that, then as they discover some of the practical things that they might be doing, they can be led in the right way. And so when we talk about teaching God's Word to our children, we need to remember that God's word is exhaustive. It provides the foundation for everything else. And interestingly, God revealed himself through words. We know that he forbids imaging himself in pictures. That was forbidden. We were not to represent God through things of the making of our own hands. Instead, God decided to to reveal himself primarily through words. And even when we get to his manifesting himself in the person of Yeshua, the Messiah, his whole life is based on the words of Scripture. And by doing that, God's putting um, an emphasis on a particular approach to education, Because we're supposed to be students of the words. The student of the word of God requires us being students of the words of God. And that presupposes a particular approach to how we engage life through information that God has given to us through words. And so there's a, a certain type of Of thinking that's required of us in order to understand the words and to interact with those words. And that would lead us uh, to, especially when you understand the intricacies, or maybe I should say, encounter the challenges of the intricacies of scripture, it demands that we help one another, starting with our children, to be critical thinkers to be able to look at the ways the Bible sometimes seems to be in tension with itself in the various things that it addresses and how it addresses certain things in different ways in different places and begin to grapple with that so that we can understand in such a way that we can live it out. The Bible demands that we become thinkers. We need to be thinking biblically. We need to become students of this holistic Integrated, complex word. Uh, Now, how literate the people were, meaning were in Moses' day, how many people were able to read? Probably not many, some, not others. Who was able to write? But once we understand that God is not only God of the word, but God of words, and reveal himself through words, then that encourages us to be able to read, to be able to write, to ourselves learn how to effectively express ourselves in words. We need to be thinking people. We need to be communicating people. Uh, We also, um, as we read Scripture, we see that we encounter the importance of family responsibility. We see that in the demand of God to pass on his words to our children and and to for grandparents not to give up on that responsibility thus driving a community sense of responsibility uh, unto our children and children's children we also encounter the need to provide which then leads us to to the idea that we need to learn how to provide for our own children and so as parents We teach God's word, which includes giving them particular skills so that they too can fulfill the original creation mandate, which was subduing the earth in the the variety of ways that's done. And um, we don't have time to get into that big subject of what constitutes godly work. Um, So many things do. But the fact that we need to learn to work presupposes learning in general. And so education is a value of Scripture and that we need to be educated first and foremost in God's Word and then in how to be contributors, effective contributors to the society, primarily by providing for our families. Um, In verse 7 of Deuteronomy 6, uh, we we read. I'll read again. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Shall talk of them. That's um, the words that God has commanded. Talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the road, and when you lie down, and when you rise. So the idea here is education. Uh, f- primarily is not something that we do in a formal, um, uh, kind of cold way. You know, within an institution, not primarily. There might be room for that as we pursue the best educational options for our children. But primarily, we're to uh, enact our responsibility, fulfill our responsibility to our children by living with them and teaching them as we go. And, you know, we think about this long enough, and then we start to realize, well, wait a second, how can you do that when? And today, mother and father spend so many hours away from their children. We don't have the opportunity, whether we're, you know, I know some of us are carpooling and there's some driving, and often those carpooling, you're not driving your child or children and others and all the rest. How many, think about the hours or the lack of hours, so many parents are, how am I saying it, you know what I mean, that most parents aren't spending this kind of time with their children. In order to fulfill this directive to be teaching them God's ways as we go. So not only is there a time factor that is being demanded upon uh, us, it also, if we don't do that, then we're not able to interact with the things of life and, and, and take advantage of those situations to teach our children about life. And that's something I think we should give some thought to. And it's something that, that continues to challenge me. Is, is it possible that the way we're living life today is, is counter how God might want us to live and and that we're undermining the best way to educate our children? Um then um we read to verse 8, you shall bind them, verse 8 and 9, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, you're probably aware of in Jewish tradition that verses 8 and 9, Deuteronomy 6, have been treated uh, literally uh, through uh, these straps and little boxes called tefillin or phylacteries, uh, on the, on the arm, and, and, and another one goes on your head, uh, and then the mezuzah, which actually means doorpost, this little tiny canister that we affix to our doorposts, and it becomes a symbolic way to be putting God's Word on the doorposts of our homes. I don't know if God meant for the people to fulfill this in a literal way, or if this is actually figurative, to say that we should be always doing god's word always be thinking god's word and that um we should always be reminded of god's word as we go and out of our homes and re-enter our homes god's word should always be central to our lives in every way and that goes along with when you rise up and when you sit down and i think that's what's being emphasized here this is not um, a a religious activity. It's it and it could be approached that way. But what God is saying through Moses is that our lives um, as people, as parents, should be saturated with God's word, and should be normal to be to speak about God's word. And and as we interact with other people and interact with life, it should always be in relationship to God's word. And that's how we learn. How God speaks into all areas of life. And then back again to that more sterile approach to education, which we almost all of us have inherited. Um, it removes, um, the educational process from the regular activities of life. You know, many classrooms try to, um, um, create environments that are more realistic. Uh, and then there's things like field trips that take students close to actual things. But by and large, the, the, the modern school system, which has been around for over 100 years, is, a, is like a sterile laboratory disconnected from the ins and outs and, and normal interactions of life. And uh, we see, scripturally speaking, education primarily happens through daily, regular, living all right so what we what we see here and again i want to one of the things i do want to derive here from deuteronomy 6 that primarily uh education of children is the parents responsibility and that's that's pretty clear that's that's come up in our our previous podcast but i i thought it it really uh bared bared bears repeating that parents are the prime uh, are are primarily responsible for the education of their children. And however we have our children educated, we need to remember that we parents are the are the ones who are ultimately responsible. And as we think of, you know, what education is all about, like what it should be the focus of education, as I've been saying already, first and foremost, it's the teaching of God's ways, which I've tried to explain, and it's part of the purpose of this podcast. As I said, um, that God's ways address all of life; it's not just a a, a, a religious segment of life. Um, but so, primarily, we we need to teach a holistic approach to Bible. To our children as their parents, and we need to do so under God's leading. God's alive. And um, so, how we teach our children should be led by God. And if you think about it, if we're primarily responsible for our children's education, then we're the one. Now, I to say this differently. As parents of our children, nobody knows the needs of our children better than we do. Now, of course, if your child is is facing certain kinds of challenges, bring in professional help to try to understand. But when we realize that we're primarily responsible, and then may we get help from others, we still are the ones that carry the burden of how to best care and provide um, healthy development to our children. And... As God's people, if we know Him, and we we know that we're dealing with the living God, who nobody cares more for our children than He does, and if we really ourselves care for our children, then we need to educate them according to God's leading and not to other forces. We should not be directed by society. So, for example you're probably well aware um, how the STEM fields, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, have been deemed for a very long time to be the most important subjects in education. And I won't get into all the reasons for that, but I remember going back to when I was i was in what we call elementary school, growing up in Montreal, public school, others would call it, uh, that, you know, knowing science knowing math that's the you know the, the the kids that were good in science and math those were the smart kids those were the smart kids and uh the others not so much and and we were all encouraged to pursue sciences as we moved into into high school and the kids that were and that was the high school that i went to um it was the same sort of thing science was for the smart kids. And if you weren't good at science, physics, chemistry, math, then you were a, you were dumber. And that's just so wrong. That's not biblical. That's not from God's perspective. Thank God for those who are good at those fields. Uh, but they're for those for whom they're for. And, and we don't spend enough time ascertaining what our particular children's particular needs are. And who's to care, Who has, who's equipped to care more? Who's been equipped more than to, to discern what our ch- particular children's educational needs but we parents? And, and maybe you haven't been good at that. And maybe it's because you've simply been ignoring it or hoping somebody else is going to point that out. Well, ask God what to do. Ask, we get to ask God what he is saying about your particular children And I believe he will show you. Um, Another thing we should not be dictated by is income, which has also been a a driving force in why we educate our children so that they can get a good job. And the strange thing about that is it doesn't work. How many people have been trained in one thing? They get a degree in something. How many people are working in the area of that particular degree? Now, maybe... uh, the kind of education you've received in, in, in post-secondary schools, universities, colleges has been helpful to you in some way. Very often, but they're helpful in on the ways that you thought they would. And yet we haven't allowed ourselves to uh, develop educational systems that focus well on what people's needs really are. Um, and so certainly... Being driven by, I need to get this kind of education so I can earn this kind of level of income. If you know anything about scripture, you know that's not a high value to God. Yeshua teaches in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, meaning food and drink and clothing, will be added to you. That scripturally speaking, if we put God first, now really and truly, and I know some people uh, will put God's God first in misguided ways, and they claim to be following God when it's not God. And very often that's the case because they don't really have a grasp of His Word. They're often, mis- mistakingly trusting, feeling, um, calling that the Spirit, uh, and and without realizing that it's so. Um, it's so disconnected from what God's true view of life and His values really are. And I believe in the leading of the Spirit, but the leading of the Spirit needs to be tethered to a good understanding of God's Word. And when, so when we have that, and then we seek God for ourselves, for our children, then that's that's what God really wants, and that's what our children really need. And if we could be freed from society's expectations, if we could be freed from the expectation of levels of income and, and be freed from other ways, that other expectations, you know, what what a good education is, is that really God's view of it? Or um, the kind of life that we should pursue, is it really scripture's take on, on meaningful living? If we could be freed from that, And we could be truly led by God's Spirit according to His Word, then we could train our children well. And then where should education take place? Now, I've been touching on that already, and primarily it's parents' responsibility, scripturally speaking. Um, I think the more we get into it and the more we understand that we're called to be in, in community as followers of Yeshua, we begin to see how the community also bears responsibility for the community. And uh, even as preparing, as I was preparing for this, wondering more how our communities, our believing communities can take education more seriously. But We're the descendants of those who've contracted out education for generations. That's what we're used to. And so it's very difficult for us to go against that trend, that expectation, and begin to discover fresh, new, vital, vibrant ways to help educate the children within our communities. Years ago, the government took over education. It wasn't like that. If you look if you look at the uh, history of education uh, in Canada, in the United States, when public education became a thing, it was primarily a run by religious communities, particularly the church in Canada, the United States, um, and the church was very, very connected to family, and the church, of course, this is your your church community, your values, and the church's values. Hopefully, were uh, were were enmeshed together, and so then what the church was teaching the children and how they oversaw uh, their education would be in consort with the values of family. At some point. The state took over education of the ch- of the children, and and if you think about it, like even f- from an administrative point of view, for the state to be able to oversee education for all the various families of different cultures, and you know, the co- think of the continent of North America, the different cultures, different religions, different backgrounds, and so on, and then they try to impose a particular approach to education for everyone. That's going to be problematic. Um. Even as that has happened, whose responsibility is the education of our children according to Scripture? It's still the parent. So, wherever your child is being educated right now, if you, as the parent of that child or children, you are still responsible. And I want to call us all to account— for that, you are responsible for the influences upon your child. As long as they're in your care, you are the parent and you are responsible for what your child is being fed, whether that's in their tummies or in their minds. And so I'll ask the question. Do you really know what your child is being exposed to? Maybe your child is in an institutionalized setting, a private school or a public school. Perhaps it's the greatest place on earth. But if you are not, if you don't have connection with that school, you you're you're not taking your responsibility seriously you need to know what is going on with your child. And if they are not being educationally fed in such a way that is benefiting them, and if you are a follower of Yeshua, the Messiah, if you are, how can you allow your child to be fed contradictory and, 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 and things that are so contrary to God's word? If that is the case, how can you let that happen? Now, what you're to do about it, you need to seek God. What is the best thing for your children? And then we get to other educational alternatives like private school, co-ops, and and homeschooling. And then some people mean, well, I can't do that for this reason or that reason. You are responsible for your children. And if you're a follower of the Messiah, you can hear what he's saying. And you could ask God what to do. But how will I provide how it... seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It might require change. It might require different working arrangements. So be it. As believers, who are we serving? Have we created our own goals? Or are we serving the interests of our God who loves our children far more than we ever will? Are we going to trust Him and do what He's calling us to do and then adjust our lives accordingly? I would love to dialogue with anyone who might be struggling about this we've been through what uh, we've been through 10 children different approaches with different ones that we it's mainly have been mainly have been homeschooling a little bit of co-op a little bit of shared uh, teaching with other families um, I have experience in teaching in, uh, in a classical schools the Bible teacher um, I don't know everything there is I try to understand what the Bible saying on this issue and if I could be of any help Please email me at comments at thinkingbiblically.org. Feel free to put comments down below. Um, And uh, also, if this is of help, please share it with others. Subscribe. Uh, Don't forget to like if you liked it. Um, And um, I guess we'll leave it at that. And so until next time, this is Alan Gilman with Thinking Biblically.